All right, KISS Army, welcome to the KISS FAQ Podcast. Thank you for giving us your time today and letting us into your head. I hope we don't do any damage. We hope that you enjoy. 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 Welcome to episode 325 of the KISS FAQ Podcast. I'm taking the day off, but I'm still here to host Julian (laughs) Hunt. admin on the kiss faq message board and if i seem a little punch drunk i'm sitting in carbon monoxide poisoning well so is ken from all these fires that are burning california and i've had a headache for nearly a week since the smoke rolled back in i'm tired of it but we're not on fire so um we'll have to take our blessings where we can get them today i'm joined by st louis kiss lonnie what's up and of course Ken, 69th Blizzard. Uh, because I wasn't planning on being here, I'm going to start the show off with a little bit of show and tell since I just got mail like five minutes ago and then decided, oh, I'm going to hop on the call today. Ken, add me into the, the podcast. So um, first, first thing is this fantastic book, Conversations with Phantoms, Ron Albanese's or Albans, how the hell do you say his surname? Anyone know? Or Albanese, yeah. I don't know. Well, whatever, super wrong. Albanese. He's awesome, he's a good guy. Yeah. Um, has finally, 20 years after I think he started talking about it, put out his interviews with people associated with Kiss Meets the Phantom of the Park. So I got the hardcover on Bear Media or from Bear Media. They shipped it nicely in a proper book mailer. It's now available on um, Amazon and other book dealers internationally. So check your local Amazon sites. It's also available already in a paperback. And just having a quick flip through with it, it looks like it's wonderfully formatted. And I'm looking forward to getting down with this, so Ron. Cool. Um, we'll probably do a review of this at some point, um, especially with October coming up. And of course, it was the uh, yep. was it Halloween special in 1970. It was like 28th of October, I think. Yeah. If so, I remember correctly. So anyway, anyone who followed Ron on Kiss Asylum way, 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 way back will have heard all about that. So congratulations, Ron. I'm really happy for you to get it done and get it done your way. Uh, Ken, what about you? Did you get some mail? I got a couple of things. Uh, and I think you got the same thing, but I'll show you the ones that I think you were not going to show. <laughs> um, so I got the the CD oh, from Japan. Nice. So this is the uh, best of the solo albums. Um, First time ever officially released on CD anywhere. Yeah. And what's cool, if I can get it, this thing's really tight. Um, so it has your, yeah, the CD and the book. <laughs> um, but then the back, here's the back of it. Ooh, Very Bella, cool. That's the Bellafon cover from the original cool. issue from 1979, uh, of course, before they started doing the ZZ I don't logos. Know if they put, uh, yeah, the standard CD pretty much. Um, but the second part of it is they have the other cover. France, Vogue. Really? But there's no CD in this one, but it's a cover. Um, <clears throat> but it's just empty. I saw it was on it's, a Deep discount too the other day. Yeah, kind of a. Uh, and you're gonna make me pull the trigger on that. That's really yeah, nice. Well, yeah, sorry, say sorry to you. <laughs> I know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that's so that's that one. That's cool. And then I also got you get the others too. This one here's this one's very um, shiny. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, and he's not on the show with us today, but Andrew Scambati texted me a picture of that earlier and said it looks really good, and just you holding it up to the screen so I could see it even closer. That's okay. incre- Look at how reflective that is. That is. Awesome. Reflective, it's like a mirror. Yeah, yeah. that's awesome. And uh, inside, it's embossed, you know. There's mm. the embossing. So, yeah. Sorry, it's, uh, Sorry honey, we're buying more of this. Very shiny. Again. <laughs> we like shiny things, so buying buying more kiss shit. So that and so there's another one, and but I there's think a smash is too, isn't there? Yeah, that's delayed. So my oh, shipment, I ordered all four. So CD Japan doesn't let you split your orders, and they they wait until everything's available to ship it out, and it's all coming FedEx these days, um, mm-hmm. anyway. So that one's coming out uh, what, November, I, I think. Show this. Yeah. So. Um, 
the first one to come out was Killers. Nice. A mini version a mini, of the actual mini version of the order sheet. Is someone going to send it in? Oh, and the, the sticker. Listing sticker. Excellent. It's got to have the award in here, right? Hold on here. I got to look now. Get, get your pen out. Award it to yourself quickly. <laughs> yeah, like I did in the, my original. Like he did in 1978. Exactly. <laughs> I did the original. There it is. Very nice. nice. So, I love very that. Cool. Really nice. Very cool. And oh wait, one more thing. Sorry, let's see, give me one more. Yeah, there's a, there should be one more item in there that you might have to unfold. There we go, the poster. Oh God, that's fantastic. I love is, that poster. It's great. I so, actually had the double. Pla- I had I had the LP with that in it, and I got rid of it. That's what I thought the that's what I thought the remasters were going to be like in '97. Like good. Cool. Yeah, like good and cool. Exactly. All the extras. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So well, I I will show the one that you haven't shown, but you yeah, did of course. The Killers that. was I think the first one to come out. Um, and there's what it looks like for those who haven't seen. It. It's got a gigantic obi, a full wraparound deal, which is kind of neat. Um, mini LP sleeve, of course, comes with the fold-out booklet. And I just oh, and the sticker. There you go. Oh, nice. And that's all. So I can oh. actually do this. And the Biff Bang Bang Pow one. Very jealous, both of you. Well, <laughs> it won't be for long though. No, don't tell anyone. <laughs> yeah. Comes with uh, I, I think my only complaint on this is the the CD print. I don't know if it's a requirement for the green on. Yeah, yeah, for for I the too. material, the MQA um, media. Excuse me. Dropping my sticker. Um, but I, I don't like that. That's my only criticism of this, is that CD doesn't have a print, but again, I, it might be because of the technical requirements of it. So I've ordered all four of them, and because I ordered all four, they're delayed until Smashes comes out. So I bought this separately because I was ordering some other stuff. Um, so this is going to be a giveaway item for this week's episode. Um, email kissfaq at outlook.com with the guitarist who appears on the four new tracks uncredited or on some of the new tracks uncredited Mm -hmm. because Mm. Paul does play all the guitar on one of them. So if you know who that person is who recently departed um, his earthly existence, put his name in an email to kissfaq at outlook.com and I'll do a drawing (laughs) on Wednesday next week. So... That is Wednesday the what? I, yeah, Smashes and Thrashes is not one I, I chose to buy. Why not? You don't want to sing along to I didn't like the, the mix. You don't want to relive 1988? Yeah, well, I have the, the vinyl and the other you know, versions, but I didn't like so much their, you know, uh, re, you know mixes. Whoa, uh, whoa, whoa. <laughs> Well, <laughs> so I'm having technical difficulties trying to put this fucking thing back in its bag. There we go. All right. Um, so I, I ordered this one separately, and this will be by Wednesday. It's what today? It is the second of October. Be so the eighth. It won't be the eighth. Well, it's the first of October. Okay, so on the eighth of October by noon Pacific <laughs> is when I'll do the drawing for this from everyone who's emailed kissfaq at outlook.com with the name of the uncredited guitarist on the new tracks on this album. So as I was saying, I ordered a bunch of other stuff. I just got new versions of the two Vinnie Vincent CDs because um, my Zoom Club ones are getting a bit thrashed, and of course I had to order the Japanese version of Origins Volume of Two. Which is identical with the exception of the Obi, which does have all the details on it, which is useful for those who may not know who the original acts are and need it all clearly. It comes with, I think, a translation of the liner notes inside, so that was very cool. Lonnie, you got some mail this week, but you don't have it available to show, do you? I do. It's downstairs when you get... I'll show mine. But I got the same thing Julian's about ready to show. I got it yesterday. And, and, And it came in mint condition, which was... Very pleasantly surprised. That's so, good thing. The new, yeah, it's always good. Limited edition color. Box. And the first thing Ken and I noticed, or was that this is a 2020 printing on the cover? 
So yeah, it's not the same stock. Yeah. Yeah, it's not like the 2014 recycled stock. And I must say, this is a total missed opportunity for Asylum. Yeah. Very cool. The colors do look good. It's predominantly white, as expected, with a little bit of colored splatter. That should be Asylum. It's fantastic. I'm very impressed. That's with why it. they're not doing it because you're asking for it. No, it's better it's than white. nothing. But it does look it does look good, and um, it's pretty thick. It looks so good. I don't think you can. I'm looking just, forward uh, to that. Does come yeah. with a poster in case you miss the video from the print shop. Um, so that's cool. Anyone else got anything on order that you're expecting to arrive soon? Just unmasked. Got unmasked yesterday. What else? What about the book? You, the, book the book you showed. Yeah. Um, yeah, uh, that's it, I think. <laughs> How When's about... that live officially released? Yeah, when is it? I didn't order that one. The Did the you? Las Vegas? Oh, no, live. Oh, yeah, alive. Uh, the Vegas thing was cool, though, too. I think it ships sometime this month, uh, maybe the 20-something. I can't remember. Um, but so uh, hopefully that'll be not delayed. I'm looking forward to that. That that Vegas thing um, that's on Sound of Vinyl UK looks really cool though too. Yeah, well, if it was the original, apparently not for Julian. But. I'm not even gonna. I, I'm not even gonna get it because I already sure. have it on vinyl. Uh-huh. And... Yeah, I had. Right. That I, one, I think I think just... three copies of that at one point and got down to one. And since I went to the show, I don't really need it on colored vinyl since I'll always have the memories of it. Uh, and yellow doesn't really excite me. It just I don't think it's as interesting. A selection is maybe doing a fresh pressing of Sonic Boom, which so many people want. The demand is there for that, that's for sure. Yeah, Yeah. and the rights are still with Walmart, probably, so... I'm sure that's the problem. Yeah, what was the other one announced? Is an aqua and orange smush... Love gun? It's like a splatter, yeah, love gun. It's going to be a Walmart Walmart Like a Black Friday, like they did for... Destroy Resurrected Destroy which you can still get. Yeah. yeah. Then I guess the only other thing I did get in was my Target issue of uh, Origins, and it looked absolutely fantastic. I did post pictures of that on Facebook, and it ended up looking like a galaxy, is how someone described it, the black It does, silver. yeah. Like yeah a, it, or a black it, hole or something. Uh, yes. Well, especially when it's extruded through the vinyl press, and you get all the kind of texture that then gets smushed down and sealed. It looks like smoke. Yeah, I actually like it better than the gold vinyl one I got. So uh, Hmm. very happy with that. And someone showed me pictures of the blue. Sky blue looks great. So there you go. All these different flavors. Let's get into some topics. As I wasn't planning on being here, I've done no preparation for any of this. Don't worry, we haven't either. So it's (laughs) not different from any week, (laughs) right? (laughs) But what uh, what we do usually do in circumstances like this is go through some board topics and some other stuff. But um, just to get Origins Volume 2 out of the way, what are you guys' thoughts on the 81 position on Billboard for Ace and that album? Are you surprised? Uh, I must say I'm shocked um, that it was, me. it was that low. Or do you think um, that maybe the record-buying public is uh, tired of this sort of thing? I thought it'd be a little bit higher considering all the different versions, all these KISS fans are out there gobbling up, you know what I mean? I mean, (laughs) mean, why else do you have all these different copies so that you can sell more and more and more, especially the first week, because it's just going to drop like a rock after the first week anyway, that, you know, KISS fans, the the hardcore KISS fans are going to go out and buy it, and then it's going to drop, so... I'm surprised it was that low, considering all the different versions that were out there, and knowing how many completists there are out there as well. That it debuted, I thought it would. De- I didn't. Don't get me wrong. I didn't think it was going to debut in you know top five, top ten. But I thought it'd be a. I thought it'd be higher than eighty five, personally. Yeah. Well, for me, uh, yeah, I thought it'd be higher than that. Um, I don't know what eighty two. 
or whatever it is, you know, represents in sales. Uh, did they say what the sales? I'm sure there's no. Numbers. I read, but I wasn't able to figure out whether it was accurate or not. Uh, that okay. 9650 was the number for 81, um, and Hits Daily Double does its own methodology of accounting for it, but they had it pegged at like 12,000. So. 12,000. Well, that's pretty, you know, it's a good amount, I, I think. Um, so there's like a lot of albums ahead of it though that are are right. selling a lot more, uh, you know, copies. So, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's, you know, it's a second Origins. Maybe they, I know they're supposed to do Origins 3, but I don't know if it's worth it to do it. And I think his, al his solo albums probably chart better than uh, and origins, yeah. so yeah, but even Spaceman only what debuted in the 40s, so well, yeah, there you go. You know, I, I, don't, I don't know what else they can do to hype stuff, so um, I don't know what what does it matter. It doesn't matter a damn to me because I no. still, I'm still enjoying listening to the album. Yeah, I bought sure. an Aussie deluxe edition this week and been listening to that a lot. Um, but Origins isn't going to go out of rotation anytime soon because I'm still enjoying it. Mm -hmm. So um, I, I think for Ace, it would have been nice just for him to have more of like that numeric reward for his efforts. But then again, maybe he doesn't mind either. He's accomplished what he wanted to. So let's move into some of these board topics. I'm going to start at the back of these suggestions right here because I like this one. Was the reunion the real end of a hungry kiss? Oh, I like that one. I like that one because I think it was the end of a very hungry kiss. And I remember reading articles even in the and I disagreed with it in the in the late 90s that oh no it, people saying no it's the end of a hungry kiss, you know that you know they just have become you know very complacent in what they're doing and I didn't agree with it at 19, 20 years old. But looking back, I do agree with it, that it was really the end of a hungry kiss. You watch some of those revenge shows from 92. You watch those South America shows from 94. South America shows from 94. You want to talk about a hungry kiss and a band that was tight and really just on a mission to prove that this is the musically the best lineup possible for this man go watch those south america shows from 94 they're fantastic and as great as, as the reunion was and as successful as the reunion was and as excited as we all were for the reunion in 96 it they you know they, they became a tribute of themselves almost in 96 and 97 they were they were a tribute to 1978 kiss mm -hmm. Um, don't get me wrong. I love the hell out of it, and look look back on it and think, man, that first Kiss show I ever saw in 1996, third show the Union tour, I still love it to this day. But I think it, it really was the end of a hungry Kiss, you know, because Psycho Circus did not live up to the hype that we all wanted it to be. And well, then they, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago when we talked about 20 years since the farewell tour that, you know, they didn't have another card to play except the farewell tour card in 2000. And then so on and so forth from there until 2009 when Sonic Boom came out. But I, I don't, I think it was the end of a hungry kiss. And, and Ken, you're, you're agreeing with me. So what, what do you have to say? <laughs> Yeah, I'm agreeing. I, you know, this is supposed to be like a debate, but I can't. I'm have to agree with you on this. Um, Can I interrupt you 17 times while you're talking? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I'm gonna call you a clown though <laughs> if you keep doing that. But uh, yeah, so, and that's why I brought this topic up. Uh, I was thinking about it, and um, yeah, revenge, and shortly after that, and, and everything you mentioned, South American, those shows. They were hungry. I mean, and they had to be because they needed the money. They had to work hard for the money, I guess. Um, not to, you know, choose, pick a Donna Summer title, but um, it, they had to really work. Um, 
I mean, they tried to do the conventions things. I think they were trying to get, you know, interest back there by doing those uh, conventions <clears throat> and seeing how people were reacting there. But, uh, yeah, I think after the, the reunion, they, they kind of got kind of got complacent um, because they didn't have to record. They didn't have to record a new album uh, and tour behind it or anything like that. They're they're record they're touring behind their legacy, which was 1977, you know, 78 time period. Um, while I, you know, I loved it, I loved that, um, but that the hunger was gone, and I think they got tired of, you know, well, they had to work with each other still. I mean, they they put things aside, like you said, for. Psycho Circus to try to make that a, a, a you know a, a big comeback kind of thing of the original band recording together, but that obviously, you know, <laughs> not everyone was you know playing. They they should have dropped everything, put all you know differences aside, and and worked together. Uh, but uh, I think there's just too much animosity and stuff like that for them to to record and do that stuff together anymore. So. Yeah, I, I think the hunger was gone. Uh, now it's from that '96 period. It was kind of living on the legacy. Yeah, they recorded a couple more albums, uh, which you know Sonic Boom was pretty good and so on. Um, but I think it's now it's just like, eh, let's just go out and play live and give them that, and you know make our money there. Yeah, the hunger to just to stay or be part of the scene of other rock bands and that sort of stuff and the music industry that's gone yeah um not to parrot anything that either of you said and did you notice no one interrupted you ken <laughs> well because I, 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 I muted i muted i didn't i didn't try over you or anything <laughs> i muted lonnie's <laughs> secret yeah, I think Lonnie covered the key point of it all is that coming off what we as, or what many fans feel about the 94, 95 era, that that was just an absolutely incredible era for the band, but also how infrequently they actually toured in 94, 95. In the United States, at least, they did a few shows, I think state fairs, um, what was it, the Gibson 100 as well. And then it was South America, and 95, electrically, was Japan and Australia mixed in with the trial run for the convention. So, to a certain extent, it was like they were a bit gassed at this point, that they were out of ideas, that the, mm. the whole creative thing was starting to wear thin in how long it was taking in between albums, between, obviously with Eric Carr passing is one thing, but... It took quite a while to get revenge out. And then you have going into 96, still no studio album. Um, well, into 95, pardon me. You don't have a studio album even written at that point as Gene's still writing, still coming up with ideas, still chasing all that. So, yeah, I, I get the feeling that the hungry kiss had already died to a certain extent before the reunion ever happened. And mm -hmm. the reunion was more the last gasp of we need to do it now because one of those other guys may well not be with us long enough to make it doable in the foreseeable future. I, th I think they were thinking more along the lines of we got to do it now, especially since, you know, our albums aren't selling, our tours aren't selling. We can't mm -hmm. tour North America, even on a strong album like Revenge. That was a pretty dire yeah. tour. No, I, I think that's absolutely right. I talked about how, well, they had to play the reunion card in 2000 because it's the only card they had left to play. Well, actually, in 96, the reunion card was about the only card left they had to play. I mean, think about it. In the summer of 95, they were playing, like, a hotel air, like, hotels and stuff like that in, in convention halls. They weren't playing arenas. They were resorted to playing these conventions. And sure, they were profitable and they, and they were a good thing for the band, but they couldn't play an arena in the summer of 95. They had to do what they, had, what they did in 95. Mm -hmm. I mean, they, 
that was the only card they had left to play. I mean, where where were they going to go in 96 had... Say they did MTV Unplugged and all that, but the reunion just wasn't going to happen. What were you going to do? That was the card you had to play. I mean, okay, you go ahead and you record Carnival of Souls. Okay, that's great. And maybe... But are you, are you, you're not going to tour arenas for Carnival of Souls. They're not going to book you for arenas for Carnival of Souls in 96. They're just not. As much as you, the three of us love Kiss, as much as the, the people listening to this or watching this love Kiss, they were not going to book you for arenas in 96 for Carnival of Souls. They just weren't. Yep. No, and MTV Unplugged, I mean, come on, it did only go gold as an album, which is still good. I haven't sold mm-hmm. 500,000 albums, but it wasn't exactly a barn burner. I think it generated more in terms of discussion and the hype that went along with Ace and Peter's appearance at the end of that broadcast yeah. than it did about anything else. Because look back to what they tried to do with Kiss My Ass and Garth Brooks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, right. that was a little bit of a play on what Aerosmith had done years earlier with a crossover with run dmc so crossing mm-hmm. over right. into country and they spent that you know 95 they do the god of thunder country version every every time they played pretty much so hard luck woman wasn't quite the start of a crossover into another genre um that reignited them in any way and garth brooks was pretty hot i mean come on yeah, oh, yeah. early garth 90s 94 yeah. that's really is incredible what he was doing back then in terms of album sales and whatnot. So yeah, you, you get down to it, you're not going to tour Carnival of Souls. Number one, that wouldn't be ready until into 96, because even though they rushed it at the end and it was done what by January 96, as they're signing the contracts, as Lonnie said, they're not getting a tour. Um, you know, And why would they want a tour if it's then just going to be the same or less than Revenge, which was hardly you know, spectacular. So they don't have the, all the state fairs either. You know, they'd only done one. It was kind of middling. I think uh, the Arizona state fair is the one that mm-hmm. comes to, to mind. Mm-hmm. The Blaze Fest and Blaze know, Fest, yeah. industry stuff, uh, foundation forums you know, in 93 mm-hmm. and playing Disney for, for Dick Clark. I mean, so, um, yeah. it, it really was to a certain extent, like the wheels were falling off. So why would they be hungry? After all the effort that they put in to revenge, where they're a band that likes dividends to be paid on their investment of time and energy, mm-hmm. they like that check up front, but they also like you know the residuals that follow. And come on, there weren't that many positives yep. to come out. You couldn't even get those videos for revenge seen on TV anywhere. Mm-hmm. So now, yep. especially later videos, huh? No, that we, some of us didn't even know existed until years know, later no, on I the trading circle. Yeah. Uh, Domino. Every, every time I look it. at you. I did see Domino once. I yeah. saw Domino one time on MTV. I swear to God I did. They probably but I never that saw time. every time I look at you. Ever. I didn't even know it existed until like later on. Several years ago. When I was or something. I'm yeah. like, God, <laughs> what is this? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, do you remember a few years ago when that uh, compilation of all the KISS um, concept video clips was going to be released in Japan? It had that nice 1985 photo outtake on the yeah, cover. Yeah. I would still love them to release just all the videos, include the eye, yeah, that, you know, the surface, sure. and you know, everything yeah. up through Sonic Boom. That would be awesome. One package. That would be really neat to have still. So that's uh, another thing. Let's move into one of these other topics. And... Uh, once Peter and Ace were gone, was democracy also gone within the band? And did it hurt them? Ken, let's start with you on that. Yeah, well, back in the day when the, the original four were there, they would vote on things or decisions with the band and what they're going to do. Uh, uh, maybe even uh, as far as choosing songs on the album, I'm guessing. Um, and... And usually it was split. <laughs> lots of times, lots of times it was split. I mean, they, I'm sure they agreed on a lot of it. But sometimes it was usually Gene and Paul on one side, and then Peter and Ace on the other side. With the, you know, oh no, we don't want to do that or or whatever. Um, and usually then, if it was a tie, then uh, Bill of Coin would be the, you know, the tiebreaker in that. But later on. Um, 
what you had was, you know, with Peter leaving, uh, then, you know, Eric coming in. I'm sure Eric didn't know who to side with at that point. He's probably going to side with, and maybe it's not even a vote anymore. Maybe it's just the three of them, and it's going to be a lot of two versus one. You know, Paul and Gene were probably, uh, their votes were over aces, you know, to the one, because I, I doubt they gave Eric an even, you know, even a, a vote, yeah. right? So being an employee kind of thing, uh, right? Um, so I think the same thing happened later on. Then when Ace left, uh, you know, it was even less, less of a democracy. It was, it's probably more of a Gene versus Paul vote at that point. Uh, really um so yeah the democracy went out i think right after peter left and then more so and did it help, did it hurt them i think it did possibly hurt them in some sense i mean i don't know if there was a vote for doing for instance you know uh unmasked doing another one like that or doing uh the elder um i i don't think really ace would have totally agreed because he wanted to do a rock album i believe um and even eric carr i from what i've read had said you know he was expecting to do a rock album he was kind of confused by what you know the direction they were going so but if he doesn't get a vote then that's it you know you're just gonna have gene and paul saying okay we're gonna do this and and that's it so uh yeah so without going too much longer um it's it's just uh you know uh, i don't know if it hurt them so much maybe with the elder and stuff like that but uh even though i love the elder uh i think the democracy is pretty much gone and then it's just gene and paul's decisions together or against each other at that point and then i think later on paul making all the decisions and gene just said okay G probably said whatever <laughs> you know? right D democracy yeah. is overrated um, <laughs> yes. Lonnie did wow. make him weaker or stronger <laughs> no and, and the democracy in the band was definitely gone and no I don't think it made you know it, it I, I think it definitely weakened the band I think that you know with the original four there there was that balance of you know let let's do things this way. No, I want to do things this way, and I, I just like sorry to throw down Julian here, but I think democracy works, and I think that having you know voices from from different sides, you know, you you get the best results. So, you know, I I think it did hurt the band when when that democracy was lost with with having equal voices from each side. And not to say that it's always Gene and Paul versus Ace and Peter. You know, I think that gets overdone a little bit. That, you know, I don't think it was always in 74 through 79, it was always Gene and Paul versus Ace and Peter just clashing like mm -hmm. Trump and Biden the other night, you know? I think that, you know, it, it, sometimes it might have been Ace and Paul versus Peter and Gene saying, no, I want to do this. No, we want to do that. You know, but when those original members left and it became the Gene and Paul show, I, th I think it did hurt the band um, to a certain extent. W were there still good results? Absolutely, there were good. There were still good results. I mean, Creatures of the Night, Look It Up are, are prime examples of, of great results coming from the band after Ace and Peter left and, and, and Revenge too. So... Did it hurt the band, though? Yeah, absolutely. I think it hurt the band because, you know, that's how you get the best results is when, you know, people, you, you have you have equal respect from each side and you come forward with the best. And I feel like I should be on Fox News or CNN right now. So. <laughs> Very nice, Van Jones. Yeah. <laughs> But I think that is the key about, you know, anything where you're talking about four equal members, that you have to take those four disparate, you know, trains of thought and come together. And it's, a you know, it, 
it's the same in the real world that you've got to bring these d differing opinions these opposing views together for the band and once peter goes then you do have an, a, a shift in the balance because gene and paul were of a very similar mind they w certainly weren't the same and yeah. i i would love to hear more about some of their real clashes particularly in the 70s rather than any of the revisionist kind of stuff that's been published in their books you know to have been a fly on the wall was bill a coin the fifth vote in that arrangement, you know, the tiebreaker um, mm -hmm. that they relied on. And once he's out of the picture in 82, I mean, you can understand them wanting to continue on from Dynasty with an album in a similar vein because it had been commercially successful outside of the United States. Uh, and it had done very well here as well. You have to remember there were economic issues facing the country at the time. Um, so that one makes sense. You can understand that in 1981, they really didn't want to do an album, but they had to follow up Unmasked, which had done well internationally on the heels of signing a new record deal and with the band basically falling apart, you know, Bill becoming separate. So yeah, democracy was weakened once peter left once bill goes and i'm going to call bill the voice of reason or the maybe the voice of no reason at times as well a, a complete contrast between absolutely insane schemes and ideas that had them buying you know amusement parks and all sorts of shady yeah. investments to very brilliant ideas going back to capitalizing on merchandising through um uh, uh Bootwell or Boutwell, however you want to say it. So on, on you know, he, he's saint and sinner in the band. Then once you have Peter, um, pardon me, once you have Ace going, because he can't take it anymore, or he doesn't feel his voice is heard, or, you know, it, it's just not working and he, he's chemically imbalanced, then you really do have a case where my point of democracy is overrated kind of comes into play because Gene and Paul, well, they're not very confrontational it doesn't seem to me and you have more of a case of gene being distracted by that point by his own awesomeness with his dating of hollywood starlets wanting to break out into mtv so he doesn't so much it's no longer democratic because the hired hands don't count but he kind of just cedes all control and you end up with a dictator or an autocrat so yeah it hurt the band Definitely. I think it hurts everything when you can't bring those opposing viewpoints together to build a strong single vision and then all execute that 100%. Definitely. Without a doubt. Going back to brilliant ideas or massive disasters, should the solo albums have happened? Lonnie. Um, we've talked about this. We've kind of dabbled in this a little bit. And my thought was the last time we discussed this is that, no, I don't think the solo album should have happened. And I, you know, everybody talks about, oh, you know, they should have just taken their ideas from those four albums and made one great Kiss album. I think, and I've said this on the show in the past, I think they should have taken, after the Alive 2 tour ended, they should have taken some time off and then come back with a really strong album. And done, and you take those best of the soul albums and the best of Dynasty and put that together and have a really strong Kiss album. So, no, I don't think the soul albums should have happened. I think they should have really, as much as I like the soul albums, I mean, Paul's and Ace's soul albums are just at the top of my list as far as great solo, great albums, period. Um, but I think you take 78 off, just completely off. They'd been on the road. They'd been recording, on the road, recording, back and forth, back and forth, since the beginning. You know, I think they were burnt out with each other. I think they were burnt out on the road. I think they were burnt out on recording. Take some time off. Come back and take all the demos from the solo albums. Take all the demos from Dynasty and put that together. And maybe you make a double album in 1979. People say, maybe you could double album in 78. No, I say you make a double album in 79. And you could have a really strong album. In a, you talk about the return of Kiss. You could have really had the return of Kiss in 79 if you combine those five albums together and have like a really kick-ass album. So I say, no, you shouldn't have made the 78 solo albums. You're actually a brilliant human being, Lonnie. Thank you. God, finally. 
Because <laughs> I was actually thinking something similar today because I've been working on the Joe Perry chapters of my Arrow book. I'm like, what if they took the best of Let the Music Do the Talking and they added it on to Night in the Ruts and put out a double LP? Because I keep reading reviews of Let the Music Do the Talking. They say, this is the best Arrow, this could have been the best Aerosmith album ever if Steven Tyler was singing some of these songs. Mm -hmm. So I agree with your perspective today. I agree with it. You, know, you might not be so Today. lucky in 20 minutes. Um, <laughs> you, you know, that it would have made sense with one caveat that I think shoots a torpedo at your whole concept. Mm. Would Ace and or Peter have survived a year off at that that's, point that's in the big, their that's lives? That's the big equalizer in the middle. Yeah. Would, would Gene have gone Hollywood um, that much earlier, you know, with time on his hands and his need to work? Paul, would he all of a sudden have been producing left, right, and center and suddenly become super producer? You know, so I think that year off, while in hindsight probably would have been a good idea, I'm pretty sure that democracy would have been <laughs> ruined in the band by someone dying or moving, you know, quitting as a result of that year off. All those answers are present somewhere in a parallel universe. And God, I'd love to know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The alternate. Well, uh, you know, I, I somewhat agree with Lonnie um, on that. Um, I, I agree they should take should should have taken time off. Maybe maybe six months. Yeah, maybe a year was too long. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, um, but six months and take also the live two uh, tracks. They should have had a live. To, with just the live stuff and save those tracks to go along with what they were writing for, you know, they weren't necessarily writing for so long, but whatever they were writing. Um, and I guess, like you said, Lonnie, Dynasty, I mean, they could have come back in late 78, something like that, maybe. Um, and and with an album and maybe even a double album like you say because um, a lot of you know groups were doing that stuff at that time so yeah the live two stuff any other stuff they were writing obviously they're writing um i know the solo albums were in their contract but you know you can do things with the contracts and and uh you know renegotiate or do whatever um to to fill that you know contract need to put out however many albums or whatever uh, so that's maybe where the double album comes in like you said lonnie it kind of does fill the album it fills that need yet yeah, yeah yeah so but yeah i i, I do agree that they could have done that gotten some rest probably a well-needed rest obviously because they were just touring recording touring recording and so on uh six months would have been like a, a a lifetime to them at that time, I think. Um, and then they could have regrouped, you know, everyone's writing material during that six months too. you know, take a little break, whatever, go on vacation and then, you know, write some songs and uh, put it all together and hopefully have a, you know, a great rockin' album. So. Sadly, someone had to pay for Neil Bogart's Follies at Casablanca. And, <laughs> and it was a kiss. Well, yeah. You basically, who who did you have generating money at Casablanca? Donna Summer, Village People, and Kiss. Yes. Yeah, there were probably a couple other acts in there that were commercially viable, but there weren't Pardon. a whole lot considering how many records that label was releasing that were going yeah. straight out into cutout, you know, bins. It, it you know, it, it's a shame. I, I I was thinking that maybe they should have just done a solo single, but then I'm like. Bogart would never have gone for that. It wasn't big enough, and that was probably the downfall to both Kiss and you know their success is that they got a big thinker, a, a gambler, a, a maverick like Bogart, which was very beneficial in the early days, and it probably polluted their thinking to a certain extent that often made them think they were greater than they were, more successful than they were, and made them go for some pretty crazy ideas. So, you yeah. know, double-edged sword. Um, let's wrap up with a couple of quick questions. Um, the first one was band name, which is better, Wicked Lester or Kiss? Lonnie. Kiss is better because it's so inter internationally known. Everyone knows what 
kiss is. I mean, kiss is such a recognizable term. Kiss is so much better of a band name than Wicked Lester. Wicked Le- No, it doesn't work. Kiss. I mean, it's not. It's not. It's not even a question. Kiss is such a greater band name than Wicked Lester. It's. It's perfect. Do 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 do. Do 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 do. That's funny. Um, but the thing is, I mean, even Wicked Lester to, for the music that they had, that was the that Wicked Lester recorded. That that name doesn't even go with that that music yep. uh, to me. Uh, it does go more with what Kiss became. Uh, I think whatever they would have chosen, pretty much, it wouldn't have mattered. Uh, I guess they could have come up with a great design for Wicked Lester, the name. I mean, you know, band's been around long enough and the, the logo becomes a iconic kind of thing. Would have been the same iconic type thing as the Kiss logo? I don't know. I Who, 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 who knows uh, what would they would have come up with. But uh, I think the, the name is somewhat important. But not the most important thing. I think they, if the music was there and the show was there, their makeup, they still they still would have, they still would have hit it, you know, with alive or whatever, you know. Wicked Lester alive, but it doesn't sound the same as Kiss Alive, does it? No, um, I mean in hindsight, it's just a simple name, you know. It's so simple, it, I guess it works, right? And Wicked Lester is somewhat poisoned by the flutes, which, you know, <laughs> they had a cool logo. You know, the uh, Michael Doré design one, which if I can find it, I'll put it in right there. I've never seen that one time yet. Well, watch the show and you'll be able to see it. Oh, yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> i to watch you guys. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, Wicked Lester, I, I, I just don't know. I can't put myself back there. And I just go back to that easy cop-out that they were kind of aping the dolls in some way. And the dolls had looking for a kiss. And, well, here's Kiss. There's the answer to the dolls. Here we are. And to a certain extent, Kiss certainly was. The dolls remain a cult favorite and little more than that. They've never really become anything more than that, whereas Kiss is Kiss. So there you go on that. And last question that was in this group of of questions is... uh, just a quick one. Which album design was the best? And that goes back to what is popular viewing at the moment is Claudio Bergman's interview series with Dennis Wallach, which is absolutely fantastic. There's links all over the FAQ message board that you don't have to be a member of to read, so go check those out. Uh, Ken, which design was best? Yeah. it's, it's got, I, I brought that up because... There's so many good designs that, um, you know, that it, it, I don't know. There's so many good designs to choose from because they all were really good, or most of them, at least back in the 70s, were, were fantastic. Um, so I'm going to say for now, you know, and my, my mind may change, uh, but I'm going to say the uh, double platinum album. <laughs> It was a great design, uh, just because of the and after watching the Dennis Wolock, you know, um, YouTube series that's been on about the making of the Kiss albums. The thing where they came up with using mylar to to print the album covers, which he said was a it's a it's a pla- it's basically a plastic, it's not paper. Uh, which is really, I thought it was surprising to me because I didn't obviously didn't know much about it, um, but I thought, oh, well, that's that's pretty good. It was kind of a, a new thing at the at the time, and they got a, I guess they got awards for it. Um, I think he said that, um, or the maybe the printing company did <laughs> got awards for the the new technology that was able to do this type of you know that shiny type cover um and then the the inside embossing and then the uh well the the award thing you know that was okay of course <laughs> um but uh yeah it was it was new and different at the time and like i said though there's a lot of great designs that they had yeah very few poor ones lonnie yeah 
I, th I think the best album design is Destroyer. I mean, it's and it's maybe a cop out and it's an easy answer, but man, that that album cover and that design has just stood the test of time. I mean, how many T-shirts do you still see that like new Kiss T-shirts that have that design on the front? And how much how much Kiss merchandise have you bought that still has that design on it? I mean, that is the most iconic look ever. I mean, Grant, I love Love Gun too, but I mean, I think Love Gun was just trying to copy the success they had with that Destroyer album cover. I think that Destroyer album cover is the greatest thing they've ever done um, as far as far as an album cover goes, and it has more than stood the test of time. I mean, it's it's their image. It really, truly is, and I don't I don't think anything will ever top that. Mm. It's good. It, it's I hard agree. to argue those points, but uh, I think visually, just from, from personal taste, I'm go, yeah, I'm good anyway. Uh, <laughs> rock and roll over. Again, yeah. very visually appealing. They weren't copying what they'd done before, yet they were doing something new. Um, I, I take a little bit of issue. I think the Mylar was very creative and brilliant idea to make the, the shininess, but they'd already done embossing on Dress to Kill. So th that wasn't that much mm. of a, a step outside other than changing the oh, material. Yeah. Embossing. Um, Destroyer is their first like super you know, cover, and it is iconic. But I, I think Rock and Roll Over is its twin in terms of being iconic. And come on, Alive? Yeah, alive. Sure. It, it, it's you can so, make an argument for almost any of those albums. Yeah, you, you yeah know exactly. what, I, I don't think anyone's going to argue about the Elder or Animalize, um, you know, right. but or even Revenge to a certain extent because right. all, all three of those are you know very anonymous. But there's so much to choose from. Uh, I'm going to stick with my original pick and uh, rock and roll over. I, there is just something engaging yeah. about the symmetry and design of that. It's extremely well executed, but is it as great as Destroyer? I don't know. I, I don't, Lonnie's got me. Yeah. And then I, you got Love Gun. Where's, where's Mark when we need? Yeah. Yeah. Mark, they're, they're, Mark, they're cast really the vote. You know, <laughs> tell us that it's Destroyer, please, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. That's a bunch of random topics. We'll probably try and give it a little bit more thought next week, especially if the fire smoke starts leaving the Bay Area. But for now, from Lonnie, from Mark, well, from Mark who's not here, uh, Ken and myself, thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Shiny. Thank you for spending time listening to the KISS FAQ podcast today. All sales are final. There are no refunds. If you'd like, look us up on Facebook or come over to the KISS FAQ message board and discuss the topic we've broadcast today. Don't forget to rate us on iTunes, Spreaker, or wherever you've listened to the show. We hope you'll join us again.